0: Om Ajnana Timirandasya Jnanam Janashalakaya Chaksharadmilitam Yenu Tashmi Shri Gravi Namaham Namashashtam Manum Apisachiputram Atrasarupam Sarupam Tashyagrajamarupudim Matarim Ghashtavatim Radha-kundam-giri-baram-maho radhika-madhavasam prapto-yashya-pratitta-gripaya-shri-gurum-tam-natasme Vanchakalpa-tarubyashya-gripasandupyayivacham Patitanam-pavanibhyo-vaishna-vibhyanamonamah nikhilashruti male ratnamaladhya Nirajita Padapankajanta Haji Muktakulairupasya Manam Paritashtam Hadinam Samsrayami Anare Pitacherim Chirat Karunaya Vaterana Kaloham Samar Paitum Munna Turchvalara Samsubhakti Hadi Purata Sundara Dyutikadam Basandi Pita Sadhari day kandaresh purato ba sachinandana kanaka batato Sankirtanai kapitaro kamalaya takshu Bishwam baro di jabaro jugadharma padu On jagat priyakaro karuna bataru Ladini Shakti Sarupaya Gauranga Suridaya Bhakta Shakti Vradanayaka Dadhar Namastate He Krishna Karuna Sindho Dinavandho Jagatpate Gopesa Gopika Kantaradha Kantanamastate Radhe Vrindavanadise Karunamrita Vahine Kripaya nijapadabjadasyan mayam pradiyatam Bhaktya bihinai aparadhalakshai Shripta shakamadhi teran gumadhi Kripa maitam saranam prapanam Brinde in वृन्दे नमस्ते चेतनारविन्दम श्री सचिनंदन गौर हरि की जय श्री Hadinam प्रभु की जय श्री श्री राधाकुपिनाथ की जय गौर भक्त वृंद की जय गौर प्रेमानंद हरि <coughs> So welcome to all of you Pranam. Good afternoon, good evening. I'm happy to be again back in the U.S., back in Alachua, back in the association to, of all of you. It's my pleasure, my good fortune to, to be able to hopefully render some service in the form of Arikata, in the form of sharing some words that may steer. Uh, the equation of our faith yet to a new level because that's basically our foremost duty on a daily basis I will say you know, every time we open our eyes if we have yet another day to, to breathe <laughs> the purpose of that breathing is to breathe for in some particular direction and that's why some of the names of, of Bhagavan are Praneshwar Rananath no? He for whom our pran is destined, basically we have pran if we have breathe breathing, if we have life, it has a purpose it has it has an object, so developing our faith on a daily basis basically has to do with that getting closer and closer and closer, and I could be saying and'm closer for the next hour, but I will <laughs> save you from that, but imagine i will I will be one hour saying that. <laughs> Uh, In our relationship with with God, that's basically uh, what we are here for. Maybe we know it or not, whether we know it or not. And somehow that's one of the purposes of the book we are presenting today. I'm presenting throughout this series of talks and journeys for the next months called Radical Personalism. Uh, radical personalism basically will be, as I mentioned in my book, another name for Gaudiya Vaishnavism, another name for Krishna Consciousness, Krishna Bhakti, Bhakti Yoga. You choose the one that fits you better, but the inspiration came to to address hmm, our own practice as radical personalism, to make this point clear, that we are all here about being personal and being person persons, personal, and personalists, you know? <laughs> all those three include the word person, but all of them are different, like shades of the same idea. You know? What does it mean to be a person? What does it mean to be personal? What does it mean to be personalist or personalistic? Uh, and all of that in a radical way. <laughs> and please don't get afraid of the word radical. I know it may create some... Well, some nerves in, in some cases, but the very word radical is not something bad. If I say, oh, that Hare para- Christian showing me radical compassion. It's not like, oh, you are, you are in a problem here. Mm-hmm. Radical forgiveness, radical mercy, radical affection. No problem with that. Of course, when we say radical and maybe something else, then comes a problem. But the problem is not with the word radical, but maybe with what comes after the word radical. So radical basically means something by, by definition comes from the Latin radix, which means to the very root of something. Radix means like root, so to the core, to the root of whatever comes after the word radical. <laughs> so in this case, we felt inspired to name the book as Radical Personalism, trying to shed light into how we are supposed to be rad- personalists to the very root that's basically the title of, of today's talk now what's radical personalism all about so this is not a new idea this is not something that i'm like creating myself it's just another way of addressing our ancient tradition and the very nature of reality which is personal behind every phenomenon at least for our tradition there is a personal conception Everything is personalized to the core. Mm -hmm. There is one quote in this connection, with your permission, I will share with you, uh, from Srila Bhaktaracharya Siddhartha Goswami Maharaj that I really loved and I included in the the beginning of my book, in the first chapter, which is called Why Radical Personalism. He basically replies to it, explaining how everything is personal to the core as we will see. So he says like that, whatever we may experience is conscious and consciousness always indicates a person. In fact, consciousness and personality are the universal basis of reality. Therefore, the great sages address whatever they find within the environment as if they are all persons. They always take the personal perspective. What we perceive to be dead matter, they perceive to be conscious. With such a vision of reality, they used to address everything within this world as a person. The trees, the mountains, the sun, the moon, the ocean. Everything has a personal conception. In the background of what we can perceive with our dull senses, everything that is said to be matter, there must be a personal conception. Without the influence of a personal conception, consciousness cannot reach the stage of gross matter. From the personal conception, things evolve to gross consciousness. It is all personal. Everything is conscious first, then there is matter everything has its representation in the original, personal, conscious, spiritual reality. Since everything is a unit of consciousness, everything has personal existence. In the background, everything is a person. So that's a lot to unpack, but basically he's making this point. Whatever we may perceive... Here and now, as a non-person, even as dull matter, it has mostly to do with our dull perception. Not because there is dull- dullness around us, but it's dullness inside of us. <laughs> so we need, to, we need to get rid of that dullness and everything will show its real face in connection to a personal perspective. Because even this world, uh, material creation, sometimes, and we will be talking about this in, throughout these days, Sometimes we see matter, the, the world of matter is inert, dead, dull, non personal. But for example, if we go to Vedanta Sutra, one of the main sutras there, my favorite one says, Lokavatu Lila Kaivalyam. And basically means this whole material creation is a Lila of Bhagavan and is the result of his intoxication in ananda or joy. So Krish is experiencing the height of joy in, in Lila in relation to his associates and that overflowing of joy phew, becomes the material world. That's, that's not me. That's Vyasa in Vedanta Sutra. Don't look at me like what are you saying, Mara? <laughs> If you go to Baladev Devotion's commentary, that's even more specific. He describes, he says, like if a person is drunk and is like, just going in life like, like celebrating and dancing without any purpose but just in his exuberance of intoxication, so to say. Similarly, that's the state of, of Krishna, of Bhagavan, in enjoyment with his associates, and that gives this world as a byproduct. Just to to, to start to see this world with another eyes. And of course, that's ultra personal because whatever is happening in the Lila between Krishna and his associate, that's that the height of personalism, radical personalism. So if this world comes as a result of that height of personalism, everything here must bear the, the personal DNA, so to say, basically. That has to be in the in the inner code of creation. The bloodstream of creation is. A personal conception. So, Srila Saras makes this point. You ultimately, everything is a person. Everything can be conceived in personal terms.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, on, on top of that, we, we ourselves, in the words of Srila Prabhupada, how he will address Krishna, he will call three Krishna. there. Yeah? You tell me.
1: The
0: okay. So, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That's a very like, how to say that that phrase has lots of it's like a volcano about to erupt or something. No? I'm trying to go through every one of those words supreme personality of God. It's, a, it's another way of saying God being radically personal because God is a person, but you have the supreme personality of that person that face of Him where He's as much as a person as He can be. Mm-hmm all the potential for being a person, because we are persons, I'm not saying we are not, but sometimes we, we may conduct ourselves in a pretty dull, like Silas and will say, a dull like matter way, no? I mean, inert way. Although we have a great potential as persons to be as personal as we can. Mm-hmm. And we are worshiping, again, in our tradition, in our schools, our deities, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So as I mentioned in my book, if you want to relate to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, then you have to develop the Supreme Personality of yourself. Because you are about to relate with someone who is on the level of his Supreme Personality. So if I go with that person with a quarter-baked personality, it will be difficult. So if I have... 5% of my potential as person develop, I may be able to connect with 5% of all that Krishna is as a person, so to say. Remember that this is relational. It's not that, okay, Krishna is the supreme personality. He's such a supreme person that I don't need to to develop my own person. He's so merciful that he will do all the the job for me. That's not to glorify Krishna, (laughs) basically. If we really appreciate all that Krishna is, all that Sri Rade is, all that Mahaprabhu is, mm, we will feel like move to become all that we can be ourselves. That's that's our part of the equation in a relationship. Now imagine you address any relationship and tell the other person and say, Archana City, in our relationship, you will put 95% and I will invest 5%. Or Maham in our relationship, you will put 108% and I will put minus eight (laughs) percent and that doesn't sound too relational doesn't sound too reciprocal that's it sounds like abuse exploitation evasiveness laziness that's not very two-way street basically but it's interesting because we understand that in our relationships here but sometimes when we approach the divine for whatever reason sometimes we expect him to do all the big chunk of the equation, and yes, he's God. We are not. <laughs> Krishna has capacity; we will never have. I'm not. I'm not challenging that fact, but I mean, we have to. We are invited to to give our 108 percent of the in the equation. Mm-hmm. And in relationship, it's 50 50. But 50 50 means both are giving their 100 percent, basically. And in, in a relationship of love, of divine love, that's. The divine love means I'm investing fully all that I can be. Mm-hmm. So again, Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. It's not the half-baked personality of God. It's the supreme. For mm-hmm. mm-hmm. prem, no? supreme in Spanish, we have even, even more directed, suprema. No? Mm-hmm. Suprema, so supreme, in Sanskrit su means something like very much maximized. Like when you say Durlava, no? Durlava manabha janama satsangi, if you sing Bhajahure mana, Durlava. There is also Su Durlava. No? Or, or you say, okay, Achar, Durachar, or Krishna Gita say, Apichet Su Duracharu. So Su means very much. So if we are speaking about this supreme, <laughs> means that prim, prem, it's Su, No? Very much prem that makes you supreme. I mean, I'm not playing on words, that's that's the that's a real meaning <laughs> of the word. For something to be supreme, it has to include a very condensed presence of divine love. So here's the supreme personality. He's the supreme personality by, because of the degree of prem of divine love that is, and, and that requires being a person. The more you love, the more you have to be a person the more the two have to be a person because it's a two-part equation. So that's the supreme personality of God. God in his most personal form, in his most personalized, specific, detailed, personalistic presentation. In mm-hmm. the words of the Srimad Bhagavatam will be Krishna is two, Bhagavan, Swayam. Mm-hmm. So Krishna is Bhagavan, Krishna is God, but svayam. Mm-hmm. Swayam. Svayam means Himself. Mm-hmm. So Krishna's 2 Bhagavan Swya is Krishna is God when God wants to be himself. It's interesting. When, when God wants to take a, a break from being God, I mean, he, he remains being God somewhere else in Vaikuntha, <laughs> so to say, and he can be all that he can be beyond being God, which does a very unique idea because you may think if God is God, that's that's the that's limit. God being God, but the Krishna conception is no, 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 let's make a further experiment. The supreme personality of Godhead, Godhead is there, but the supreme personality, there we, we, we are going to brush there. So, so Swayam Bhagavan means that it means Krishna, God, but when He wants Himself, so that's why He doesn't look that much as God, because he's being not God, he's being himself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. God in his most, again, personal way. God, as I like to say, God beyond God. Mm -hmm. God in the intimacy of his inner circle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's way more personalized than Narayan in Bacuntha with all respect to to the Sri Sampradaya, for sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that's a very personalized way. Mm So that's my point no? a different tradition, different theistic traditions are personalist and we are totally respecting, honoring them. but God devotionism is radical personalism because again, not only we have a personal God but a very personal personal personalized and intimate form of the divine. Just, Christians are radically personal mm-hmm. And that's only the beginning of the equation as I mentioned in my in my book. No? Because radical personalism, of course, is not only about the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but she who ultimately makes him the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And I imagine you already have the, the clue of who she, she, who she is. And the very word indicates. I mean, that's a, there's a hint in the title of the book, Radical Personalism.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So who is next to Gopinath here? Radhika, no. Srimati Radhika. So, another title for the book will be Srimati Radical Personalism. I didn't put that way because it may be a little bit, but I put it inside. So, I clarified that idea. No. Radha's love is radical. Her dedication to Krishna is radical. Her name is Radhika. So, somehow it's all connected as well. She Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but Radha is the Supreme Personality. We can leave that because it's creating too much of a parallel event. So he's the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and she is the Supreme Personality of the Goddess. That's basically. He's Swayam Bhagavan, she is Swayam Bhagavati. So again, Krishna is Supreme, very condensed in prayer, but she is... She is the very personification of the most distilled form of friend. So without her, we don't have him, basically. Without her, there is no him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you take Radhika out of the equation, Krishna disappeared from the picture, mm-hmm. as we know him. When she appears, he becomes who he is. As I like to put, Krishna is a byproduct of the love of his devotees. His form, his identities, carved out of the affection that he's receiving. He receives certain type of affection, he adopts that form. If, if we would take Shirad out of the altar, which we will never do, <laughs> just in case, I'm not giving an indirect suggestion, how we will bring Hanuman, shri no? Hanuman, but what will happen? The flute will disappear, the tribanga, the curved trip will disappear, no? Arrows will manifest mystically. An arrow will be there. Crown will happen. Turban will disappear. And we will have Sri Ram there. Because again, Bhagavan shows a particular face and form according to the affection he is receiving. Mm -hmm. So in the context of radical personalism, it's it's her, ultimately, in the background, Sri Radhika, who makes Krishna, Mm -hmm. who he is. Mm -hmm. That's why... Another way of talking of radical personalism is radical Srimati, radical personalism. And as we said also, her love is so radical that the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, wants to taste that love, wants to taste that radicality. You say radicality, radicalness? (laughs) We always love to create new words, no problem. So her love is, makes him who he is. And it's so radical mm-hmm. that Sri Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, wants to taste radicas radicality. <laughs> and the Supreme Personality of Godhead becomes the Supreme Personality of Krishna. And that is Sri Mahaprabhu. I like to call Sri Chaitanya Devas the Supreme Personality of Krishna. Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But that Supreme Personality of Godhead becomes the Supreme Personality of Krishna in the form of Mahaprabhu. Mahaprabhu is what? Krishna wanting to basically taste the radical love of Sri Radhika, the unlimited depths of the heart of, of Mati Radharani. So Mahaprabhu is the Supreme form of Bhagavan, where the love of Sri Radha for Sri Krishna makes Sri Krishna appear in this unique form. And that's why for us Gaudiya Vaishnava Sri Chaitanya Dev is the, basically the deity of our Sampradaya. Mm. The Dev of the Gaudiya, that's why it's called Gaudiya Sampradaya. Gaudiya comes from Gaudadesha, which is the place where Mahaprabhu was born. Goda, Godadesh. Also sometimes the word Goda is connected with gur, which in, how do you say, in, 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 in molasses? Molasses in English, it means molasses. So, so, so it has to do with the idea of sweetness, of maduria, and how this gore lila, this audarya lila, has all to do also with Madhurya, with the tasting of certain Madhurya, with the distribution of that, and that's what we call gur, gore, goreya sampradaya. Mm-hmm. So Mahaprabhu is the deity of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Mahaprabhu is therefore the deity of radical personalism because radical personalism is another way of saying Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Mahaprabhu himself is teaching by example how to be radical about everything. Again, radical means to the root, nothing like fanatic or like anarchic or anything, but to the root of things, how to go to the greatest depths of every aspect of reality. And the path that Mahaprabhu established it's called Raga Bhakti, basically, mostly. <laughs> That's his ultimate gift. Premo niryasa Raga Marga Bhakti Pracharam. That's the main tone of his dispensation. And Raga Bhakti, as I like to say, some can, can be called also like the path of... Again, we are speaking about being personal, being the, the specific... So Raghavakti could be called the passive specificity. There's so much detail in our tradition, so much nuance uh, in which our highest spiritual prospect is described in such a detail, you know, as I sometimes like to ask the devotees, okay, what's the ultimate goal of life for a devotee? What will you say? Prema. Prem. Okay, or... or Something like that? <laughs> I didn't hear the other oh, reply. Sir. Okay, Prem, Prem Seva. But of course, if Mahaprabhu's gift again, is the path of specificity. So if I ask you, okay, Prem means divine love, and the next question will be, what type of Prem? Prem for Ram, Narayan, Krishna. Uh, you may say Krishna, Krishna Prem. Krishna Prem. Seva is, of course, included in the notion of Prem. I mean, there is no Prem without Seva. It's not that I'm full of Prem, at least for us. No, I, I know Seva. Although I appreciate the clarification just in case. Someone say, okay, Krishna Prem, that's the goal of life. Period. No, no period. Start a new sentence after the period. Which, which Krishna Prem? Hmm? Maturesh Krishna Prem? Dwarakish Krishna Prem? Braja Krishna Prem? Braj Braj Krishna Prem. Okay. But still, you have so many departments of Prem in the branch. You have Maduria Prem, Batsala Prem, Sakya Prem, and so on. So someone may say, okay, Maduria Prem. Of course, it's not that you pick them like if you go to the supermarket. Give me one Maduria Prem. It it doesn't count like that. So Maduria Prem, okay, finished. We reached the high point. It sounds similar to Mahaprabhu Inquiring from Ramananda Roy. What's the highest goal of life? That's a very similar sequence. Or he starts with Barna Ashram, no? <laughs> which is a very interesting point, by the way, because of course the goal of life is not Barna Ashram. At the end of the Gita, Krishna says, Sarva Dharman throw Barna Ashram out of the window. <laughs> Although he begins the Bhagavad Gita saying, follow Barna Ashram. So the fact that brahmananda really says, Barna Ashram means, okay, that's not the goal, Mahaprabhu rejects it. But at the same time, it may be important to have that in place to begin with in order to attain the ultimate goal of life. And when I say to have barn in place, I don't mean to necessarily establish the system as it was operative 3,000 years ago, but just to go to the essence of barn which is to be basically balanced in a psycho-emotional human level to acquire uh, enough dose of sattva so you have reached like the flying platform from which you can make the quantum leap into transcendence. So anyhow, that conversation between Mahaprabhu and Ramananda is very similar. What's the goal of life? This, Mahaprabhu, Agikaha, Ego, Ego Kaha, Agikaha, not? He said, go deep, that's superficial, go deeper, that's superficial, go deeper. And then he says, Prem. And he will say, okay, that's we are getting somewhere, but please go on, go on. And eventually, yes, someone may say, okay, Madhurya prem, but again, Godias will say, we are just like, uh, how do you say when you, you are about to start the car but you are not like, warming up, uh, warming up. <laughs> which type of Madhurya prem? You have parakia, parakia. I would say, okay, parakia. Okay, which type of parakia? You have direct relationship with pagawan or serving. In this case, she who has the direct relationship, which is the main uh, emphasis in our tradition. And then you have, okay, that's sometimes called Manjari Bhav or whatever, Bhavolasra. Which type of that? Under the service, service, under the guidance of, and so on. My point is from the initial idea of Prem to all this hyper ultra specified conclusion, there's some way to go. And that's it. That's the, and, when, and once you reach there, even, it's not that, okay, I reached there, okay, but the goal evolve, evolves eternally. It's important that we get accustomed that to see, to live our spiritual practice in, in an evolutionary term. By this I mean to understand the practice ever evolving, ever unfolding. It's not that I reached Gulag Vrindavan, and there's not no evolution, no unfolding, no development. I mean, it will be boring to death after one week if there's no eternal newness to it. Because for what we can see from here, you read the descriptions, and it seems that every single day Christian is doing exactly the same, you know, at every single time. So of course, imagine if you do every single day exactly the same without any internal unfolding. That sounds more like hell than the spiritual world, no? And of course, that's that's not the spiritual world. The spiritual world is evolving, as Mahaprabhu will say in the Sikh Shastakam. Um, pratipadam purna ambritta ashradhanam. Pratipadam at each step, Purna Ambrita, the totality of the nectar of immortality, ashradhanam, you will be relishing at each step, at every nanosecond. <laughs> in your eternal life you will be relishing ever new uh, uh, nuance of love for krishna mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like krishna das kabiraj goshvam very beautifully says krishna's beauty is increasing at every moment non stop try to understand that mm-hmm. every second non stop more 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 for eternity there is no day that i cannot become more beautiful than this sorry i reach my limit You have to take the name Ananta out from him. You are no longer the unlimited. So unlimited means, implications of unlimited means no limit. How beautiful he can be, how charming, how loving. And Krishna Das Kavira says, not only Krishna becomes at each nanosecond more beautiful, but correspondingly to that ever-increasing beauty, the service disposition of his associates increases at every second to be able to correspond with that increased beauty to properly serve and honor that and because of him rece- receiving that service disposition that was makes him beautiful we could say also you know? <laughs> what makes krishna the all attractive well the all attractive love and service that he's receiving from sura to begin with and so on and so forth mm-hmm. so again i'm saying all this because to 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 emphasize radical personalism has to do with all these ideas you no know? How to get to the core of what implies to be a person, us to be a person, Krishna to be a person, loving each other Mm -hmm. in an ever-unfolding terms. Don't try to think too much about it because we'll have to call the ambulance or something. (laughs) But let's be careful of not being, how to say, not being too sure about, about it either. Not like I already know what's going on there. I know who is Krishna, who am I, what's my relationship with him, but it's ever-evolving. So you can never like fully affirm that. You have to leave space for mystery, some new crookedness in the movement of love, some unexpected turn of events. That's on a daily basis that will happen. I'm telling you, so if you are there, you are not starting to complain. Nobody told me that this will be the daily dynamics for eternity. Now I'm stuck here. What to do? (laughs) So a few ideas on radical personalism and which are the implications of radical personalism. So, of course, bearing that in mind, if that's the nature of reality, if that's the nature of love, if that's the nature of God, and that's our potential in nature as well. Of course, the question is, where do we stand in relation to all of of this? How much we are... Willing to become radically personal ourselves, to embrace the essence of our ideal. Because again, the, as, as much or as long as we embrace that, in the degree to which we do that, we'll be able to represent the Gaudiya Sampradaya to others or to ourselves to begin with. Uh, <clears throat> because the Sampradaya, Gaudiya Sampradaya, has a radically personal goal. So we need to attune ourselves to that to that direction. Mm -hmm. Let me share one more excerpt from from the book in this connection that comes to mind and then marked today. In this connection, say so it is page eight. Okay. It says like this Mm -hmm. given that Gaudiya Vaishnavism portrays an ultra personal deity an extremely individualized ideal, and an intricately detailed methodology and conceptual orientation, a wide gamut of pressing questions naturally emerges. Where do the Gaudias stand today, both individually and collectively, in relation to the radical personalism that they are expected to represent, embody, and long for? Are they, we, walking through the world as fully invested persons, vulnerable and courageous in our exchanges with each other and with our own inner selves? Or are there shades of impersonalism that color our vision and foster our embrace of personalism's antithesis? For a Gaudiya Vaishnav, being a radical personalist entails not only the holiness of acknowledging and integrating our soul's potential in devotion, but also the wholeness of offering each facet of our humanity in the service of the soul's potential. That means our physical body and each of its functions, as well as our psychic dimensions, including our thoughts, emotions, and discernments. While conventional religiosity often leads to neglecting one or many of these facets, radical personalism attends to each of these dimensions like with any other sacred ritual. In fact, Considering that every pore of our being is potentially offerable to God, and thereby truly sacred and never profane, perhaps we have an even deeper challenge. How can we be all that we can be today, not tomorrow, but today, as living emblems of devotion, and then facilitate that epiphany in others? What are the fullest implications of being a person, and even more so, What are the implications of God being a person? What is the highest prospect for these two uniquely personal beings when they relate to each other through love, the most personal of all fundamental interactions? This is radical personalism. Hmm. So, a few words from the book in this connection. Hmm. For us to reflect, okay, I'm a person, Krishna is a person, I'm supposed to relate to him, both are persons, the relation is in the base of love. What's that about? What's the implications of that? What's the potential of loving Krishna? How much of a person he is, the supreme personality of God, how much of a person I am and I can be? Again, there's no limit to that, to the reply to that question. (laughs) So it's a question that we can entertain and we should forever on a daily basis where i am today as a person how can i advance one more step today one tomorrow another one as a person in my personal relationship with the supreme person because if we are not concerned with increasing our personhood so to say inadvertently we may be going in the direction of impersonalism as i we say impersonalism doesn't only mean let's merge into brahman or something like that no there's only brahman brahma satya Mitya. impersonalism can mean also i'm not i'm not working to be as a person as i could be i have this potential as a person i'm not doing all that i could do to be that person i'm destined to be in krishna's hands So that's a subtle form of impersonalism. It's a depersonalization of our journey. And sometimes that, of course, is reflected in the way we relate to each other sometimes, which is many times in our, even Gaudiya communities and in the world at large, and even in different spiritual traditions, we treat each other not very personally, not very humanly. So all that is fostering impersonalism in one way or another. We are not seeing a person on the other side. We are not allowing the other person to be. We are not concerned with getting to know the other person. Many times we were talking these days with, with the devotees. We were we, we sometimes judge someone without even knowing who the person is. But we have reached a conclusive opinion about that person for eternity. <laughs> uh, that's not personal. You are not being a person, treating each other as a person, you're treating the other person as a, as a thing, as an object, or as, as nothing, <laughs> or whatever. Because if the other person is a person, and he is and she is, <laughs> even as disastrous as she or he may be at present, still that person has the potential to be beautiful and bright. And Krishna is seeing that potential. So how much we are seeing each other according to how Krishna is seeing each other. That's a very important point because Krishna is seeing each of us through the eye of unconditional love. And we like to be loved in that way. We, are, we feel blessed by being loved unconditionally by Krishna because if, if his love will be conditional, if he will love us only if we are perfect, game over. No? <laughs> but not the nature of love is unconditional. And he loves us unconditionally. But the price to be loved unconditionally means, and you know it, is you have to extend that to everyone else. Because why? Because everyone else is being loved unconditionally by Krishna. It's not only you, <laughs> it's not only me. It's not like Krishna, you're so sweet, so beautiful, you love me unconditionally. But all these rascals around me, they deserve this punishment that Krishna says, hey, hey, I'm also loving them unconditionally. So you should see them. As I love them. And generally, that's a big challenge to treat each other, considering that everyone is being unconditionally loved by Bhagavan. That's like, oof. But that's the price of being personal, personalist. (laughs) No, not less than that. I don't want this to sound like an impossible project. I just want to share some exciting, challenging. potential that we have in front of us. As difficult as this this may sound, but it's very, very important. And and, and we especially, as Gaudiya Abashnas, I would like to conclude today's presentation with a few words of one of the main aspects of radical personalism, which has to do with our humanity. Mm -hmm. Integrating radical personalism is all about integrating humanity and spirituality. We are spiritual practitioners, but also we are human beings, and those are not, Two different things, or two opposite things, but actually two things that need to be need to become one inside of us. As I told you today, or today in the morning, I had the fortune of of meeting with Sri at Maharaj, and he very generously gave me like almost four hours of his company, and we were <laughs> talking a lot about this point, no, like how important it is to integrate humanity and spirituality and and not put them two at odds with each other. Mm-hmm. Because why? Because our Gaudiya goal, our Gaudiya, the priority the ultimate attainment for us is fully human and fully divine. Mm-hmm. That's what we mean by Nara Lila. Mm-hmm. Nara Lila means sometimes Prabhupada will translate that as human-like pastimes. But also I like to quickly clarify that when we say human-like be careful of interpreting the like as like quasi-human no? or half-human or semi-human, human-like, pseudo-human, half-baked humanity. You don't find that in the Lila. In the leela you find fully human and fully divine. So human-like, the like means fully divine. The human means fully human, human-like. It's like saying human-divine, no? fully human, fully divine. The two of them became one in the lila it's not that you find like some disjointed stuff there humanity over here divinity over there perfectly integrated Radha, Gopinath are fully human fully divine mahaprabhu's lila is fully human fully divine mm-hmm. in that sense they are human-like no but as i like to say sometimes joking we are also human-like, but in another way. <laughs> we are like human, human-like. Yeah, we are sometimes getting closer to some humanity. And sometimes we are pretty inhuman, pretty impersonal, <laughs> pretty whatever. No, but not so pretty. <laughs> so, so. But the point is, the goal of our lives is to enter to a place where there is full humanity and full divinity. So, humanity and spirituality are totally blended. But the point is how we will reach that place if we are not working here for that to happen, if I'm not working to developing myself as a full human person and as a fully divine person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So this Naralila is the, the, the highest goal. Chaitanya Charitamrita says, mm-hmm. Krishna Raya Tekka nara Sarbo nara bapu Narabapu Taharasharup Nana Lila Anurup. So he's saying this Nara Lila from of, of all of Krishna's exploits, Krishna Rayatika Kela, from all the kili, from all the plays and games and lilas of Krishna, sarvotama the highest one of all, sarvotama Nara Lila. when he's Again, the supreme personality of God. So another way of saying the supreme personality of God is of Godhead means fully divine. Supreme personality means fully human. The no? so supreme personality of Godhead, fully human, fully divine. Mm-hmm. Christians too, Bhagavan, Swayam, Swayam, Bhagavan. Bhagavan means fully divine. Swayam means fully human. He's himself <laughs> in the lila. Mm-hmm. So Krishna Daskar Krish, nara sort of when Krishna appears in his Narabapu, in his human, fully human form, Tanharas, that his swarup, that his very identity is to be fully human. In other words, if you want to live with him, you have to your, your ultimate identity will be also fully human and fully divine. And then he describes that fully human identity. Gopavish, Venukar, Navakisho, Natabar. To means dress as a cowherd boy. flute in hand. Navakisho, eternally young. Natabar, king of dancers. And then he says, Nara Lila, Hai Anuru. Oh, he concludes saying, aha. Ah, this, this Nara Lila is too much. Mm-hmm. That's my contemporary translation of the verse. no? This Nara Lila is too much.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat>
0: So again, that's our goal. That's the invitation of Mahaprabhu. That's the invitation of, of, of Sri Krishna. Mm-hmm. Gore, Lila, Krishna, Lila. Mm-hmm. All of them are fully human, fully divine. So we have to allow humanity to put in context our spirituality, as I put in the, in the book. And, and, and we have to allow our spirituality to put in context our humanity. The two of them have to, have to contextualize each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the ultimate convergence of these two again, we call it nara lila, that plays with full humanity, full divinity, is perfectly balanced and expressed in the most charming way. If you take one of those two ingredients, that's not so charming. If you take full humanity out, you don't have no longer have lila, because God is not. It's God. <laughs> God doesn't play. God is not supposed to play. It's supposed to be God to be at the office. Um, so that's why you don't, I mean, if you take out all the Nara part, all the fully human part, and you only have fully divine, you get the Narayan in Vaikuntha. You generally do not hear the Narayan Lila. Narayan is not doing Lila because he's fully divine. So he has to be God, man, constantly. So if you take the fully human, in other words, if you take, take the fully human part in a way, so to say, you are kicked out of Raj. I mean, nobody will be kicked out once they arrive. No, I'm not presenting that idea just in case. <laughs> <laughs> just clarifying. <laughs> you never know. Um, yeah, and if you take the fully divine part and only keep the fully human, that's fully human, but that's not transcendental. That's not so attractive. No? That That's what Vishwanath Chakvarthi Thakur mentions in his about machandrika also. He says... He speaks about how the madhuri of Krishna has Aishvari in the background. No? The reason why Krishna is Krishna's madhuri lila or human-like pastimes, let's say, so attractive, is because he's God. No? Because if he wouldn't be God, I mean, just to have a baby playing, I mean it's attractive.
1: <laughs> no?
0: We won't deny that here we have some grandmother. Uh, Invested in the Batsalia chapter, and it's perfect and, and it's attractive. But it's not like Krishna being a baby, equally attractive, because Krishna is especially attractive as a baby. Why? Because he's God. And despite being God, he's what he is, is Yasoda's child. So the fact that there is Aishvarya, that he's God, makes his Madhurya especially charming. But again, the two of them are present, one allows the other. You cannot have Madhurya without Aishvarya. And if you go only for Aishvarya, well, we don't want to lose the Madhurya side of the equation. So fully, full Aishvarya and full Madhurya because in Brindal, you find full Ashvarya and full Madhurya, full humanity, full divinity. In other words, that's another way of, of talking about that. And different traditions, apart from ours, speak about that. For example, in the Bible, they say, okay, we are created in the image of God. We can take that in that connection. God is, we are humans, and we are created in his image because he is human, fully human, fully divine. Don't forget all the parts of the equation. Of course, we are not human. The Atma is not human. Do you follow my point. I mean, there are atmas in so many other species, and they are not human. It's not the atma by nature is human. So at present, we may say human corresponds only with the species, with physical body, a more psychic body. But not only that. The atma is not human. No? An atma that enters Brahman is not human. It's atma. <laughs> but the highest potential of the atma in bhakti is human. You follow my point? We are now human in a human body by karma, so to say, but in another body, in another life, we may have been a crocodile or something. So we are Atma, but not human, crocodile. Fully Atma, fully crocodile. (laughs) There's no humanity there. But if an Atma in a human form engages in bhakti, the ultimate prospect is to be eternally human. Your swarov, your eternal identity, will be human and will be divine. Mm-hmm. So that's a very interesting idea <laughs> to meditate about this, this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So again, now, and before reaching that level, we may not be that human. We may not be not that divine. I mean, our nature is spiritual, but we may be quite unaware of that. And we are in a human body, but sometimes we may not behave very humanly. So the challenge for an atma in a human body is to be as human as he or she can and become, in the context of that, become as aware as he or she can of one's spiritual nature and potential, which is fully human and fully divine. Mm-hmm. As it is famously said, we are not human beings trying to be spiritual but we are spiritual beings trying to be human. Hmm. We are already spiritual by nature, but we are not necessarily human. By nature, we are not the, the Atma is not human by nature, and how we behave in this human chapter, not necessarily too human either. <laughs> so we are spiritual, and the challenge is to be human. <laughs> Sometimes it's more difficult that than trying to be spiritual. Try to be human first. <laughs> hmm? That's very, very important. It's like a, again, that's a platform. Like, if you want to reach India, first you have to reach the airport. You know? And then you pick the flight and get to India. You know? So, get to the airport means like be human, fully human. And then pick the airport and phew, transcendent flight, you
1: know?
0: branch airlines or whatever. You know? So, basically, that you know, if we want to attain this climatic, Nara Lila's, and hopefully we want the invitation is trying to become not only more human but fully human, radically human, mm-hmm. human to the core, mm-hmm, uh, spiritualizing our present existence, our present human existence. What to do with my human condition? I'm a human. What to do with my humanity? How to allow bhakti to pour over my humanity? And humanity means everything. Humanity will be in also brokenness and woundedness and vulnerability. So many human facets. And all of them can be offered in bhakti. That, that's the user friendliness of bhakti. No? Like you may say, I'm completely broken inside. I'm totally wounded as a human being. And the bhakti will say, Great. <laughs> Great. That's a perfect place to approach Bhagavan from a place of neediness. Because if you don't feel needy, if you don't feel broken, you may be like, oh, I don't need this. But Kunti Devi's prayer is exactly the opposite. I mean, one of them. You know? She will say what? And the last line is my favorite. So that's the name of Krishna, Akintana Gocharam, What does it mean? Prabhupada translates it very, very interestingly. He says, you who, who, who can be approached by the person who is materially exhausted. He, uses, he translates Akintana like materially exhausted. Like, I'm done. I'm materially exhausted. And Krishna says, great, you reached the place to approach me because if you don't reach that place you may not feel the need to approach me because you still feel the need to approach so many other places but when Janma, Aishwarya, Sruta Sri all those stuff is not there or is there and you realize this is nothing hmm? good high birth Janma, Aishwarya, opulence Sruta knowledge Sri, beauty hmm? maybe you don't have them and you are exhausted by not having them <laughs> Or sometimes even worse, you have all of that, and you realize I'm in as much anxiety as my neighbor who doesn't have any of those. So you are materially exhausted. You are you are qualified, technically speaking. You have the adi car <laughs> to approach by your brokenness. You have a achieved eligibility <laughs> to approach Bhagavan from a sincere place. That's the main point of the verse. Continue saying. Only those who are materially exhausted can approach you from it with a sincere attitude. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Akinchena gocharam. Gocharam is he who can be approached by the akinchena. Akinchena literally means he who has nothing. (laughs) Materially exhausted. Mm -hmm. So again, that's part of our probably human broken human condition. and We can take advantage of that as Kunti Davis said inviting us to do. You are a broken human being. Great. Akinchena gocharam. You belong to the Akinchena club, And Krishna is he who can be approached by the broken ones. The name of Krishna is Padit Pavana. He who redeems the fallen. His name is not Dharmic Pavana. The redeemer of the Dharmic, of the correct ones, of the perfect ones, of the Paka. Paka Pavana. (laughs) No, <laughs> yeah. those were paka I redeemed them now bring me the disaster ones the disaster, the fallen That I feel especially drawn into the, and of course everyone is fallen but the point is those who acknowledge their fallenness <laughs> oh special portal is there hmm. so again it's important to acknowledge our human condition, not try to escape our humanity and try to Oh, to say to evade our human condition by too much of heaven talk, so to say. Let's try to talk as much as we can about what's going on over there about the clouds, so I don't have to deal with my broken humanity in the here and there, the here and now. No, 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 no. That's not the idea. And God Vaishnavism is become full human in the here and now on planet Earth. No need to, to, to design any evacuation plan and live somewhere else. I mean, Krishna will come and execute his Naralila on earth. Perpetually. So, where do you want to go? He's coming here over and over again. Where are you planning to go? He's coming here. You're going there. No, I mean, like, it's like you are going, running there, and you see oh, a on you know, his parish that's going the other direction. Like, but I thought I, I was supposed to leave this place as soon as possible. This horrible, samsara. No, I don't know. Christian said, there's another way of seeing this. You know, Come with us, join us. <laughs> so, we need to integrate our humanity again. Our path is yukta vairagya. Yukta vairagya means everything can be properly integrated. There is a way to... What we need to reject is the wrong conception of things. Today, radhanath Nathana was telling me that. He was telling me one story where one devotee of, of Prabhupada told him, Prabhupada, for you, I will renounce everything. Maybe you know the story. And of course, it's a nice thing to tell your guru, I'm willing to renounce everything for you. But Prabhupada felt the spirit behind the words. There was something like not so accurate there about the renouncing everything. And, 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 And Prabhupada replied, actually, you don't need to renounce everything. Actually, you need to renounce the idea that you need to renounce everything. That's the only thing you need to renounce to. Because everything, everything, it's a shakti of Krishna and everything can be offered in service to him. So you don't need to renounce anything. You only need to renounce the idea that you need to renounce everything. <laughs> that's the only thing you need to renounce. So that's Yukta Viraya. Everything is potential paraphernalia to be engaged in the service of Bhagavan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> Including our humanity. Mm-hmm. Including our humanity. Because if, if, if our humanity is not in place... No matter how refined is not your intellectually, that's why I'm going here to my head. <laughs> no matter how refined our conception of God is intellectually, if our humanity is not in place, it will we will have a hard time relating to Krishna in a realistic, in any realistic sense. Because again, he's a person and he's a human, fully human person and fully divine. Hmm? So be careful of getting too much into our heads about thinking god so to say uh and forgetting to be human Mm. there is one quote that says even a good theology Mm. will have a hard time making up for a bad anthropology so if you are not very expert anthropology has to do with your humanity who you are as human so if you are not good in anthropologizing yourself (laughs) if dealing with your humanity a good theology is not enough it can even be a tricky device to escape your humanity let's talk a God about a lot about God in the sky so to say so we don't have to deal with what's going on here (laughs) but God is here with us Mm -hmm. Krishna is not somewhere else very far away he's closer than anything and anyone else so let's deal with everything that is close to us basically that's the idea so at the end it's all about humanity again From here, dealing with our humanity all the way up to our eternal goal. The the closer we get to our eternal goal, the more humanity we will find, basically. Till we reach the realm of Lila, full humanity. Mm. But that reach starts here. That's the point. If we don't start here, it will never happen there. Whatever is here and there. It's not just, again, a geographical 3D. You take a spaceship and... 3 million kilometers I'm in Goluban down it's a movement in terms of consciousness
1: mm-hmm.
0: so again this is a crucial aspect of radical personalism that I felt to share today in the first lecture we are today officially inaugurating this like book tour I will be doing for the next I don't know four or five months so pray for my health please <laughs> and it's a is a point that I want to, to emphasize and then somehow we will try to emphasize in, in the next lectures, not only humanity is not bad, but nothing is bad ultimately. The material world is not bad. Our body and emotions are not bad. Nothing is ontologically profane, so to say. And therefore, our humanness is not bad either. On the opposite, everything is potential paraphernalia to offer to Bhagavan. So... I share a few words today. Now we'll go a few minutes for Q&A if there's a few minutes left. Yes, please. (laughs) So today I chose to talk about the title of today's talk with what's radical personalism all about. And of course, all about, there's so many more things we can say. (laughs) But I wanted to introduce at least the concept and focus on, inaugurate this series of lectures focusing on this particular point, which basically is that in our bhakti journey, our humanities not negotiable, basically, but all important now and Sumati will say for the rest of forever. No, <laughs> so anyhow, some thoughts in connection to what's radical personalism all about. and A few questions before finishing. Pranada has a, one question or comment, whatever.
2: What's your definition of humanity? Are you referring to or humaneness? Are you referring to emotional experience of
1: being human and relationships? Is that what you mean
0: by humanity? If it's that what I mean by humanity. Yeah. Of course, yeah, there are many ways we can emphasize that but I will say mostly that what you have chosen to, to focus on because yeah, that's what mostly characterizes us as humans, I will say. no
2: Relationships
0: and emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's psychological
2: psychological
0: aspect of being a person. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. And again, all that is tied to those things that are only found in the human species, which also is to be a human means that the consciousness has reached such a level of unfolding or, or has such a level of capacity of expressing itself that it can think about itself. I mean, in other species, as we know, animal species, plant life, mineral life, they are not aware that they exist, basically. They don't have self-consciousness. So of course Vedanta Sutra makes that point, Atatu Brahma which one of the meanings is Atato, one of the meanings is Atato means now that you have reached humanity, Brahma Yiknyasa, you can you have the capacity of inquiring about the absolute and when it's about Brahman, and, and you can also use the word Brahman for yourself in one level. So you can inquire about yourself and by, for inquiring about yourself, first you have to know that there's something called yourself. <laughs> A cat is not thinking in those terms. No. Myself, they're just driven by instincts, animal instincts. And we have the animal side for sure. <laughs> so we need the, the human part on the equation, which apart from what you mentioned he, emotionality, psychology, relationships, because other animals also have relationships. They have their psychology. They have their emotions on some level, again, uh, but they don't have the capacity to become aware that they exist and all that comes from that moment on, you know, to reflect who am I and who am I miss, what's all that I can become, to so think in terms of potential and so on and so forth. So I would like to also tie that to the human Definition because that's unique to humanity. So I, of course, your points are also completely valid.
1: So in a
2: radical personalism book, you deal with the practitioner developing that humanity in a proper way in relation to to others and
0: God, and, and by relating with others, we learn how to relate with God. You're asking me about that.
2: Yeah, that's in your
0: book. But you read the book, you wrote the forward.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> forward by Pranadakamto. <laughs>
1: it's
0: okay, well, I'm joking. We were rehearsing before the lecture. We give this question like this. I'm joking even with that one. But yeah, yeah, of course the idea in the book is trying to to provide some, hopefully, hopefully some yeah, some windows, some tips, some ideas, some reflections on how we, what we can do with our humanity, how to connect with that and, and for example chapters like the one on vulnerability and empowerment that has a lot to do with again, learning to be vulnerable as humans and not seeing that as something undesirable but actually if properly expressed vulnerability is a source of empowerment. If I learn how to be vulnerable how to be courageous, how to be Exposed emotionally in a proper environment because if not, that will be abuse. But in a proper environment, that will give us a fruit of empowerment. Next, yeah, the other chapter also, individuation, has a lot to do with with that, how to to develop our personality as individuals in service to Krishna. That's very very important. I always remember this section of the Bhagavatam that Rupa Goswami quotes makes a verse of, its, of his own based on that verse in Bhakti Rasambhita Sindhu, which basically says, Krishna is saying, offer to me what I, what I like the most and offer to me what you like the most. Mm-hmm. And of course, there are, these are levels of surrender. You know? In one level it's like, whatever you want, I will do it. Whatever you want, I will do it. And Krishna will say, okay, here's what I want. I want to know what you want. And and what if you say, no, no, I don't want anything separate from you. Okay, but I want to see what you want. No? What's your initiative of service, basically? It's, don't, don't wait for me to tell you, now you do this, now I want that. That's not, on some level, okay, that's whatever you want. But at some other level, Vrindavan platform, I mean, it's not that Krishna will be Hinting <laughs> at the manger, is, I, th- I think at this moment you should be chastising me. No? Uh, he will say to Srirada, I will feel very much joy if you exhibit this particular jealousy. I mean, that's not happening. They are totally expressing that out of their own initiative. They are so attuned in sync with the dynamic that they have their own will expressing a spontaneous, and that gives Krishna the highest pleasure. So he doesn't need to tell them it's time for doing this, it's time for offering me this service, but just full initiative. So gradually, gradually, not rushing, but the idea is one has to develop one's own personality for that to happen. One's own desires of service, of offering, of pleasing Krishna in a certain way one has to offer one's individuality for the pleasure of Krishna. So that's also touched upon the, yeah, in the chapter of individuation and others, but those two come to mind as main ones, yeah. Mahandrani. <coughs> you need some water? Yeah, you need, you need. You, you give her water. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's okay, it's okay. It's, okay. it's water.
1: <laughs> My voice just does this sometimes and I- Okay. Because it seems to do it more in company to But so when you were talking about our need to develop, we have to develop our humanity. We have to every day. We should be considering how to become more personal. And maybe because I feel myself as having a strong impersonal streak, or recovering from personal. <laughs> Welcome then, so to the I, club. My mind immediately dropped. Okay. So I have to work on becoming more personal or developing like humanity. I need a checklist. This. This, this is the qualities of what being human is. This is these are the symptoms of what being personal is. I have this one, this one, this one. I need to work on this one. Um, but then you, you said one of them, one of them would be you love, you try to develop loving everyone regardless of what they're like with unconditional love the way Krishna. Loves us, but is there like a? I don't know exactly how to start developing or improving my personalism and my humanness Mm -hmm. But maybe some. But as you talked to some of the things, were I guess working on the vulnerability, working on the individual. But it feels it's somehow in my mind, but it's not concrete enough for me to. Yeah, yeah.
0: Next step? Do I? Yeah, yeah. And of course, the challenge. I mean. Concrete enough, one has to find that for oneself in one sense because it won't be the same thing for each, any, every one of us. You know? What do we need in our particular stage and situation is totally maybe different from what the other need, And that means to be personal. <laughs> if I just tell you, all of you need to do this at the same, in this precise moment for advancing in terms of developing your humanity, that's impersonal. Because I'm treating you as a blank slot, you say. How is that Blade. slate? <laughs> like all of you are in the same situation, like an abstraction, like the same magical formula. Will you say, no, no, I'm all right, But I'm a person, and she's a person, and all of us are in very unique, different situations, and many different degrees and forms and nuances. And of course, it's complex to think about that, to pay attention. What what do I need in this particular stage, and and, and not just wait for someone to give me the The magical formula, one, I swallow one pill and that's solved forever. That's impersonalism. (laughs) To be personal means to take some time and try to be introspective and say, okay, where I am now? And one way to start to detect, so to say, what's my homework on my humanity? Well, 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 one way of saying that is, okay, which type of situations trigger me and, and what they trigger in me? And why, why that pattern? why, in those particular situations, I'm being triggered in whatever again, there are so many triggers, there's not only one for sure. I'm starting to okay, okay, why this guy or or certain person sometimes we have some people in our lives, I think all of us, probably that we have a hard time dealing with <laughs> and, and and it's 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 a human attribute to think. First of all, to not take it personal, because at the end of the journey, all of us are Atmas being unconditionally loved by Krishna. And the end of the day, it's not him about against me and me about him against him. It's not the ego, Kurukshetra, battle, Kuru Pandava, they caught me. So start to see the situation from a bigger picture. Again, that person is attacking me, but it's actually attacking me as we were talking the other day, yesterday. Is, is that person angry at me? It seems so. Well, what he put in the Facebook thread the other day, but <laughs> now Facebook lends itself a lot to that. But that's a great exercise. No, it's not about personal anger. That person is is sad, has pain, and a particular situation that I was intr- instrumentally intrigued that unresolved pain that comes in the form of anger and that person thinks maybe it's angry at me, but actually Suffering a lot, and probably behind the suffering is lots of fear, uh, of so many some unresolved human issues. (laughs) And of course, if I reply to that unresolved human issues with my own unresolved human issues, well, you will have lots a long thread in Facebook that (laughs) day, (laughs) till you will block each other probably at the end of the day. Uh, But the idea is not that, of course. The idea is to put a stop and see the bigger picture and, and and see and invoke further humanity. How can I be more human? If the other person is not able to to invoke that humanity, well, it's my turn. I'm, I'm, I'm being invited by that person's angry <laughs> and suffering and, and, and fear to invoke further humanity so I can deal with this situation without wanting to kill that person. <laughs> and actually ending being compassionate and understanding the person and and maybe doing intercessory prayer for that person's welfare or you know, whatever. You know? So, again, I mean just a, a concrete situation that we may like, I, I can uh, enhance my humanity through challenging situations. And so I guess
1: instead of looking for a list, I should just each day ask Krishna, okay, what can I learn today and see what it shows up, you know, what he arranges.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not against the list either, but I think what what you mentioned at the end, yeah, it sounds realistic because sometimes a list may be also like too much in the box. Like yeah. And the daily situations sometimes are out of the box. Yeah. They create their own boxes and we need to deal with them because if not, we stick with to our list. But so many other things go in between our lists. So what are we doing with that? So it's... it's I
1: realize I I all the time like hear you talk about eternally becoming it showed me I have this idea or had this idea like, You learn, 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 and then you've got it. <laughs> so that's, I think, is part of it's coming from the one in the list. So I can mm. listen, that's mm. it. Yeah. Of, it's ongoing. Yeah. And, I,
0: I, I, and that's easier said than done. That's not so, that's so challenging to really inhabit that ongoing land where nothing is fixed. Nothing is like finished product. It's so difficult because we've had the tendency to, c- to control everything. And, and to control means I understand it. It's fixed. List, complete. Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. Did my homework, understood. And it doesn't work like that with an eternal unfolding mystery that God is. How much you can like... Uh, th- that's Rama. Brahma. Brahma Vimohan Lila is basically that lesson. Brahma thought he knew who Krishna was until the picnic was inaugurated. And <laughs> said, that's not Krishna, because I know who Krishna is. And that's an imposter. And you know how, how the experiment resulted for him. no? You know? And at the end, of course, he starts to pray, the famous Brahmastuti, and basically his last prayer almost, he says, for those who say I know who Krishna is, <laughs> I offer to them my pranam from miles away no, like I, I okay let he say basically for those who say I know who Krishna is let them say so but as far as I'm concerned I already said that a few minutes ago and here's the result of that I know who Krishna is Krishna, oh yeah you know who Krishna is let's see <laughs> I don't have an idea who Krishna is I know something but the something I know is nothing in comparison to all the more that I can know, because again, eternal becoming. Krishna is always becoming more of what he is. <laughs> Krishna is not a finished product that I can take and consume according to my sweet will. <laughs> He's always evolving. He's always becoming more of what he is. So how much I can colonize <laughs> my under- God by understanding him. not possible so. Yeah, that's a great challenge to the ego because that humbles the ego constantly. You know? If you say, I know who Krishna is, no, you don't know. Even if you go to understand him till now, the next nanosecond he's something else. So you cannot just know that new thing. You have to enter into that, and to enter into that. In fact, the Bhagavatam says, and that's even more interesting, the person if I bet is chapter 87, 10th canton, tell Krishna. <laughs> you don't know your own limits. I mean, you don't know yourself, they tell. I mean, they are praising him, not insulting him. (laughs) They are telling him, you don't know your own limits. Why? Because you don't have limits. So you don't have limits. So how can you know something that does not exist? Your limits do not exist, so you don't know them. There is something you don't know (laughs) because you are constantly expanding unlimitedly. So you 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 can always you are always grasping further depths of yourself. Mahaprabhu is the very personification of that, and Mahaprabhu's lila is eternal because he's eternally delving deeper and deeper and excavating what's here and what's here, and there's always new jewels coming. (laughs) So and we want to go there. So again, we won't be if we want to go there. We have to enter, speak that language because if we want to go there, thinking. I Already know who Krishna is. I already know what's going on here in the Lila. I mean, that's not happening. And every moment everything will be new. That's Anurag, the symptom of Anurag, which is one stage of Prem, development of Prem. Anurag means every devotee will feel subjectively. This is the first time I'm seeing Krishna. Mm-hmm. That's what Radha is feeling. That this is the first time I'm seeing him. And there are so many beautiful prayers where she's trying, she's asking Lalita. Who is that sapphire blue boy that I have just seen? And she's like, But you were with him five minutes ago. No, 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 no. no. I'm just getting to discover him. And Krishna, is the same, you no, know, this type of prayer, like, Who is that beautiful? No, he's telling to Suval, like, that golden skinned lady, I'm totally captured Suval. is like, I mean, you just are separated for the last. 30, 30 seconds. But that's the nature of love. Again, it's always in, on the move, so to say. So you have to, as, as I put in my book, you have to keep the pace of transcendence. <laughs> and somehow,
1: you that, they have a deep sense of security.
0: Yeah, of they course. It, it's not neurosis. It's not like, oh, everything is changing and moving. It's too much. I need... No, no. At the same time, they are completely yeah, grounded in faith and love and surrender, Saranagati. It's totally in place, and that's what allows all these other constant movements to take place without being a, a torture. <laughs> you no, know, like why oh, Krishna playing the flute there now. He's playing the flute there now. He's playing the flute. Oh my God, this I I, I, quit. I quit. I changed job. This is too much. No, nobody thinking that. You no, know? so because they are so grounded in that. So we need to be grounded again here as sadhakas in strada, Agati, all these elements while understanding the constant ongoing evolving nature and moving of, of, of divine love so anyhow, yeah. something else before finishing
2: <clears throat> um, i've kind of been approaching this subject from the sandhartha side so it's come to my attention that my understanding that we're just going to get perfected and wake up in the spiritual world and everything is going to be great that's not right and that there's a primacy to the human experience, to the Nara Lira, that Mahaprabhu is here Krishna's childhood pastimes are here, the demons are here, there's so much variety going on here, as you said it, is constantly coming here to experience this. So I realize that I need to embrace my humanness. Die. And, <laughs> and I and I think what you're saying is basically that, that there's no getting away from it. You know, not that we hate our human existence and we just say we're going to wake up one day and be something different. Mm. You know what I mean? We have to work with what we have. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: That's the thing. It's not that, as you mentioned, I totally agree with what you mentioned. I mean, it's not that I'm here being some person doing some things as a devotee and suddenly I awaken in the Lila being a completely different person from the person I was there and I'm the Lila. No, you, you, you will attain that place by attaining that place here. Right. I mean, getting so close, so close, so close that we are there. <laughs> you follow my point? It's not that I'm a complete... There's a complete, like, dichotomy. Here it's me as human on Earth, and here's me and the lila, a complete different personality, psychology. No, no. Of course, if my present humanness is not fit for entering the lila, then I have to work on that. But here and now, not expect magically, that will be, like, transformed in the lila. Miracle. Because sometimes, not wanting to criticize anyone, but sometimes I'm devoted to with a little bit of naivete, in this sense, like, oh, I will just chant my rounds and follow the four wrecks and magically, I will be awake one day in, in the lila. And I know there's no bad intention there, but it's a little naive because if, if, if I'm doing all that, if I'm doing that nicely, okay, that's another thing, purely chanting now, yeah, probably you will get there eventually. But it's not getting awake in the Leela, start to getting awake here. I have to awaken every single day a little bit more and a little bit more and a little more. And at one point I found myself in the Lila here, in one sense. Because again, being in the Lila is participation in conscious, in terms of consciousness. I mean, we we hear of the descriptions of these great saintly personalities who are here on earth, but internally they are participating in the lila. So they are showing to us that's how you attain that place. (laughs) It's not that I leave the body. Again, comes the mothership and takes me. When I awaken like, wow, what's this? And who I am? I'm the totally different person. I mean, that will be paranoia, probably. Imagine if you wake up one day and you're a totally different person and you remember who you, whatever. No. <laughs> so it's, it's as you say, no, it's a, we have to achieve that lila here and now. There is no escape. There's nowhere to go in one sense. I mean, everything is given now. I mean, bhakti is given now. Bhakti is sadhana, bhakti is sadhya. Bhakti is the means, bhakti is the goal. So if I take proper advantage of bhakti here, as sadhana, bhakti eventually will show itself as sadhya. That's it. We are not concerned about even leaving this planet Earth, leaving this body. I mean, we have this extreme... Even statements by some of our acharyas, Of course, it's a way of, they put that, no? Even, Bhakti you know, Thakur saying, if I need to be born as a worm or as an ant for serving you, I, I don't, it's okay. No, like, like or, or like Brahma or like Uddhava praying, like to be born as a blade of grass, as a, anything. So the point of those prayers is like, I don't care for Mukti for example. I don't care for leaving this world, for leaving, for for rejecting anything. I'm all about service. Whatever is favorable for that, let's go there. So so that's a big lesson for us because they are praying like, I don't care returning here being even an insect and we are maybe I want to leave this world as soon as possible. And it's like, but our goal is not moksha because moksha technically is that. Liberation from but our goal is not moksha, it's prem and, and, and one of the qualities of Prem is Moksha Lagutha Krit. That happens in Bhava Bhakti. What to speak of prayer. Moksha Laguda Krit means the, the, the goal of liberation becomes. Can we turn on the light for the camera? The goal of liberation is, uh, is seen as insignificant, lagut. As the Bhagavatam says very nicely, nayana na vi, byati, swarga apavarga. Ah, uh, Mahadev Shiva. When Chitraketu Maharaj, remember he's cursed by Parvati, and Chitraketu Maharaj is having this capacity to fly, and he found Shiva instructing sages, but with Parvati sitting on his lap, and he kind of jokes with Shiva in a friendly way. <laughs> but Parvati didn't like the joke, so, <laughs> so he cursed um, Chitra Ketumarash to be born as a demon, Britrasura, eventually. And, and Chitra Ketumaraj totally accepts the curse. and He doesn't care to be born as a demon. Yeah. And that's when Mah- Mahadev pronounced this verse, which says, Narayanaparasarbeena Kutashnana bina. For those who are devotees of Bhagavan, they have no fear. And they have no fear, and they have no desire, apart for being a devotee of anything. Swarga, Apavarga, narak. They don't care for the Swarga, heavenly planets, they don't care for Narak for hellish planets, they don't care for apavarga, Varga, Mukti, Liberation. They don't care. They only care for you. <laughs> so <laughs> that's it. Like one Sila Prabhupada said, like, like a devotee, how a devotee should be prepared to leave his body. And he says, one should be ab- so absorbed in service to Krishna, then one doesn't realize that he left his body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to that point, you, don't lo- you no longer care. Of course, you cannot imitate that and press a button, but the more you will get absorbed, which is the goal of sadhana is abish, is absorption. The, the less you care for living body, taking birth here, there. I mean, if you are honest and sincere in bhakti, you're already there. It's just a matter of time re- refining the products, so to say. But you're already there. You're on the path of bhakti. And the goal of bhakti is bhakti. So it's bhakti. You are, we are already there. You have to be careful, of course, not committing aparahad and so on. But if you are honest and sincere, what Krishna says in the Gita, In this path, there is no loss. No diminution, diminution, and whatever you have gained will protect you from the greatest danger. I mean, you want any more higher warranty than that? And <laughs> Christian is making you will not lose anything, nothing will be diminished, and whatever you have attained will protect you from the greatest possible danger you can imagine. Just like to say, as continue, no problem, you're already there. <laughs> So, yeah, no need to reject the world, reject our humanity, reject where we are. On the contrary, venerate everything, honor everything. Because if, if not, we are just telling Krishna, like, no, I don't like this. Still, this is not enough. I'm not satisfied. Instead of being grateful and perceive, everything has already been given to me now. I don't need anything. Everything that I need is already being given to me in this precise moment. As I mentioned in my book, everything is being given to us in the present, but how present we are in the present. (laughs) Sometimes we are not too present, and that's why we lose sight of all that is in the present. And we are like, I need this, this is lacking, and and mind going shopping to the past, to the future. (laughs) But if you are really present in the present moment, you will see a very big present being given to you (laughs) in the present. Everything you need. We need to honor that properly. So. Jai. Okay, so we'll conclude here. So we share a little bit more informally after the, the lecture. Thank you so much for your time. Shri Man Mahaprabhu ki jai, Shri Harinam Sankirtan ki jai, Shri Sri Radha Gopinath ki jai, Gaur Bhaktavrind ki jai, Gaur Primanan Hari Thank you so much and all of you connected online as well and you're of course invited these days we'll be having another a few other programs for those who have time tomorrow is what Saturday and Sunday as well on Monday and next Saturday so you can ask any details and tomorrow also we'll be, we'll be starting in the morning one podcast, weekly podcast in connection to the book called the Free Radical Podcast. So we are also invited to tune in, as they say, 10 a.m. We will be streaming live through different platforms. So we will be continue reflecting with other Bajnaps and friends, brothers, sisters and the contents of our implications in radical personalism. Okay. Thank you so much. Good oh, Hari Hari Born. Oh.